Episode 121 is brought to you by Deadline Funnel. I had the creator of Deadline Funnel on the podcast back in episode number 96, and it was truly a pleasure to get to know Jack Bourne a little bit more and hear his take on evergreen funnels and why they're so effective, the psychology behind them, and why they're actually very ethical to use if done the right way. So jump back to episode 96, and if you're not using Deadline Funnel yet and you want a nice, long trial of it, free trial for just listeners of this podcast, then head over to deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG. That's deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG for online course guy. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. This is The Online Course Show. I am your host, Jacques Hopkins. And here with me is our co-host, David Crozy. What's up? And we're excited to dive into all things online courses with you today. David, welcome to episode 121. Thank you. We have a fun interview to share with the audience here in just a little bit with a guy named Matt Santry. I'll tell you guys more a little bit more about Matt in a little bit. But I think what we want to do here is have you ask me a couple of questions. Is that right, David? That's exactly right. Yep. I've been harassing you for a little while, right? Yeah, you, you're big on stories and I appreciate that. And you've, you've sent me some suggestions lately on um, some, some additional questions that maybe I could ask my podcast guests to try to get some more, more stories and more emotion out of them. I think that that would make for better episodes. I mean, you, you're a podcast listener. You, you, before you were ever you know, co-host here, there was over a hundred episodes and you, you listen to a lot of those. And so sometimes you'll listen to the interview and be like, man, I wish I would have asked that question. I wish I could have gotten more emotion and stories out of that person. And so I do want to be doing more of that. But I think for now, hey, let's, let's let the audience kind of taste some of those question suggestions that you've had and, and you can test them on me if that sounds good. All right. That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I love it when I actually like smile or laugh out loud or just kind of feel the roller coaster of owning an online course business. And also, you know, I listen to these, I'm like, I want ones that I want to share with my wife. So yeah, I'm excited for these questions. So Jacques, your first question today is what, tell me the story of the single best day in your online course business. All right. So I've been thinking about this today. Uh, single best day in my online course business. A couple of things came to mind. I hope that's okay. First one was I remember the specific moment where I'm, I made four figures in a month in revenue. So $1,000 a month in revenue. And it was late in 2014. So I, I started piano in 21 days, early 2013. And this was, this was late in 2014. I was actually at a friend of mine's bachelor party. And it was, it was a friend from high school. I was at, at the bachelor party. So I wasn't with my wife. We, had, we didn't have kids yet. And I remember, I mean, every course sale at the time was like a huge deal right? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't making a lot of course sales at the time. The business, the course was still very much in its infancy. So 
I was selling like one, maybe two courses in, in a whole month, which, you know, today I sell two, three, four, five, six courses a day. But I remember it was, it was toward the end of the month. It was probably August or September of 2014. And I got a notification for a sale and it was, I was like, man, that's probably three or four this month. And I remember I went and checked my PayPal account. I was doing everything through PayPal at the time. And now I do it through ClickFunnels and Stripe. And I checked and it was just over $1,000 for that particular month. And it was, it, was, it was an amazing feeling. And I remember taking a screenshot of my phone at that time and sending that picture to my wife because she knew how badly like, I wanted it to make it work, replace my full-time income. I sent that over to her. I was like, guess what, babe? Four-figure month. And she's like, wow, so proud of you. Oh, so that was a really cool day. You probably never heard me tell that story before. No, I haven't. That's awesome. I can imagine it. And it's funny that you were there at the bachelor party and everybody else is probably focused on whatever you guys are doing and you're yeah. over there like, this is amazing. Yeah, between beer pong shots probably. I think I, I think I may have misspoken and just said something about a four-figure day, but this was a four-figure month, not a four-figure day. Four-figure days are pretty regular these days. And then also, you know, as I was thinking about it, I was like, one of my first days were after after I quit my job. So once I once I finally got to the point where where I could where I was where I quit my job and then for 8 years I would go into work on Monday and and work all day and then and then I would go into work on Tuesday and work all day and and I'd be working for somebody else for this other company and doing this engineering work or project management work. And that, that very first Monday when I didn't have to go into work and, and I went into my home office and I sat down that Monday morning, it's like, wow, for the first time ever, like I call the shots. I am in charge of whatever I do over the next eight or nine hours, whatever I do over the next 40 hours throughout this week, whatever I do for this entire month, whatever I do for this entire year, like no, there's nobody to answer to. It's completely up to me what direction I take this thing. And that would probably scare a lot of people. But for me, it was very liberating. And to be to just be able to sit down for the first time and and have what seemed like an, an unlimited amount of time. Because up until that point, I would just work on my online course business at night or on the weekends, whenever I could squeeze out some time. And for the first time, I had an amazing amount of time. And that's you know, that that's a big contributor to what eventually made it successful is I was able to actually spend time on it and focus on it. That sounds amazing. So in, in that moment, like in that first month, was, was it really stressful for you that you had to like ramp up super rapidly? Or overall, you felt like you were able to, to just relax a bit? No, there was there was certainly stress because, you know, I've, I've, I've told my story before, but I didn't quit my job because I had made it. I had quit my job because I saw that this was possible and I needed more time to make it work. I was making about $1,000 a month. We had a six-month-old daughter. My wife had already quit her job. So, you know, the fact that we had like paid off our mortgage and had a good bit of savings really to live very frugally for a year in case it didn't work is the reason that I quit my job. So there was pressure on me to make it work. So there was certainly a lot of stress involved in growing that $1,000 a month to a level that could to meet or exceed the income I was making. So there was definitely a combination of, of just excitement and of the possibility, but also stress and pressure to actually make it work. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, question number two, if you look back at your course career, what was the biggest obstacle and how did you overcome it? 
so once again, a couple of things come to mind. I'll, I'll spend more time on, on one than the other. The first thing that came to mind was like my initial launch, because at the time when I launched in 2013, all my experience with, with hearing about launches and, and online course success was on podcasts and things where they would only have guests on that were just like crazy successful. So I just assumed that when I launched, mine would be crazy success, successful too. And I launched one day in, in late 2013 and, and I didn't make a sale that day. And it was very demoralizing because I had spent all this time and effort and energy launching the course. I didn't make a sale. And, and so I went to bed that night and woke up the next morning and it's like, okay, well maybe, you know, I made a sale while, while I was sleeping. That's what everybody talks about, right? Making money while you sleep. And I woke up that next morning, checked my phone. I had, still hadn't made a sale. That was definitely like somewhat of a freak out moment. Then it's like, okay, am I, all this time I've spent, it's like, okay, do, is, it, is a different mo- business model going to work? But you know, I ended up making a sale like mid morning that, that morning. And that was my very first sale. And that, that gave me the confidence I needed to, to make the second sale and the third sale and so on. But what really, what really came to mind as I was thinking harder about this question was that, that f- a time during that first year where I had quit my job. So I quit my job, you know, last day of work was basically December 31st of 2015. So it was a, a fresh start to the new year, started working on piano in 21 days full time in 2016. And, and I, we basically had that entire year to make things work. I definitely had some fun. We, we spent three months in, in France that summer, me and my wife. And I guess my oldest daughter was about 10 months old at that time when we went over there. That was a lot of fun, but I didn't get to work a ton while we were over there. So I'm look up, it's like eight month, eight month, nine. And I hadn't really grown that thousand dollars a month too, too terribly much. And I'm sitting in the living room and my daughter comes to me with this book that she wants me to read. And, and I look at the cover. And let me, let me preface this by saying that I rag on my wife a little bit. When she told me that she was pregnant with our first daughter, she literally sent me a, a snap on Snapchat, right? So she, she sent me a picture of the, like, the pregnancy test showing that, that she was pregnant on Snapchat. And I give her a hard time because like, that picture is gone. Like, you know, that's the thing about Snapchat. It goes away. And so we weren't even together. And that's how she told me she was pregnant. We, we actually struggled for a couple of years. So it was a really, really, really big deal for the first one. So that day in 2016, late 2016, I'm sitting on my couch and my, my daughter brings me this book and, and I start looking at it and she sits in my lap and the book is called Little Miss Big Sis. And I, I read like a couple pages and it was about being a big sister. And I look at my wife and I was like, start tearing up. I'm like, oh my God, are you, are you serious? Like you're, you're pregnant? And so it wasn't near as difficult the second time. So I was just, I wasn't expecting it at all. And so at first I'm like super happy. And then I'm like, oh wait, like, I have to go back to work. <laughs> like that's, that's what I, that was my other, like initially for the first couple of seconds, I was, I was really excited. And then it just hit me like, I've got to go back to work. I got to go get a job. And I didn't want to go back to the same job, but I literally went on a couple of job interviews. I started looking around, what would be some go- good companies to work for? Because, because this was very real. It was, it was toward the end of the time that we gave ourselves. And now there was even more pressure because my wife was pregnant. We were going to have an, an even b- bigger family and we need, we were going to need a bigger house. We were going to need a bigger car. So there was additional expenses that we were going to need. And so I started, started going on a couple job interviews, but that's right about the time 
that things things started working. I mean, late like November, December of 2016, and then January 2017. That's where everything just exploded for Piano in 21 Days, and it worked out. The biggest thing that caused it to explode was a different. Was it the getting a PLF funnel in place, or was it a certain YouTube video took off? I, I remember you did some like kind of borderline not suggested things on Reddit or something, but <laughs> what was that one biggest thing? What was the biggest needle mover? Man, there's there's three things here that all that all happen about the same time. The biggest thing is just really having a dialed in funnel. And so I implemented deadline funnel in November of 2016. I look back today to see when I signed up. It was it was November of 2016. In fact, my deadline funnel campaign that I have running even to this day in 2020 is called DF 111516. Because mm. I set up that initial one back in November of 2016, and it's just been running ever since. I couldn't believe it's been that long. But having a, a fully dialed in evergreen funnel using an amazing software like Dead, Deadline Funnel was a huge deal in, in making this work out. That's also around the time I started doing AdWords as well. So I, I knew Google AdWords, it's just Google Ads now. I knew that my, my system worked, Piano in 21 Days worked. People that would go through it were very happy. There were success stories. It was just a matter of, of really getting it in front of more people. And so I signed up for an AdWords course on Udemy at the time in August of 2016. And I started implementing some things myself because I couldn't afford to, to pay somebody to do it. So I, I bought like a $10 course, which was an amazing course at the time. And I started implementing some Google ads and really paying for traffic for the first time and started to get a little bit of results. And, and then I ended up outsourcing my Google ads to that company who made that course right at the end of, of 2016 and, and leading into January of 2017. So starting to pay for a little bit of traffic. And then the third thing that I did right around that time was, was add in additional packages that people could buy and specifically a 497 package. So up until that time, when you wanted to buy Piano in 21 Days, there was only one option. It was the Piano in 21 Days course. Two, you pay 297 or you could pay six monthly payments of $57. Well, at that time, I, I added an, a more expensive option for four ninety seven, which included additional bonuses, and a less expensive option at ninety seven, which was just my workbook. And so, I look back, and my first sale for four hundred ninety seven dollars was November fourth of two thousand and sixteen, and that was an incredible experience. Just right there, in and of itself, you you always sell things at two ninety seven. You get that first sale at four ninety seven. It's like wow, somebody that I don't know, paid me $500 through the internet. That was pretty cool. So that funnel thing was definitely like the biggest needle mover, but, but there's certainly, you got to certainly give credit to the, to the advertising there and having a more expensive option for people to buy as well. And so by January, 2017, I, I made $22,000 in revenue in January, 2017. And since then, I've never made below $20,000 in revenue. Oh my gosh. And so that's, I mean, that's right the time when it, when it all started working. And, and I'm telling you when she, when I found out she was pregnant with, with Zoe, our second daughter, I was like, man, got to go back to work. And fortunately that's not what ended up happening. Oh, that's an awesome story. All right. Well, 
I have a feeling I know what you're going to answer this one, but the third question I thought you should be asking every guest is what is the very coolest thing that you've bought or trip that you've gotten to go on as a result of having an online course business? Yeah, I won't spend as much time here because you know the answer and I've already alluded to it too. It's that, it's that three month three month stint in France back in 2016. And that's just, I've just always wanted to just go and live and experience another culture for longer than just a week or two that, that normally like a job that a normal job will allow. I love going to Europe. I love traveling and, but I hated like having to request time off and, and having to, you know, right before I go on vacation, cause I, I had a lot of responsibility, uh, responsibility in my job, like making sure that things were going to be taken care of while I was away. And then when you get back, you're just overloaded. And so once I had actually quit my job, that was a very real possibility for us. And so we, we planned out a three month stay in one small city in France and we lived over there, lived like locals, ate a lot of cheese, drank a lot of wine, ate a lot of croissants, and it was the, for the first time in my life I was actually able to do that. And I would work, I would work three hours every day. So every day we'd go do something in the morning. My daughter was was you know just shy of one year old at the time, so she you know definitely had like a two three hour nap in the middle of the day. So I would work during her nap, and then we go do something fun in the in the afternoon and evening. And so that was that's definitely like the coolest experience or trip that I've been able to take part in because I had an online course. That was really, really cool. Awesome. Well, you got to tell people the name of the town. I'm, I'm enough of a jock stalker that I looked it up <laughs> and the pictures are amazing. So tell everybody where you're talking about. Let them yeah, Google it. A- a- Annecy, France, A-N-N-E-C-Y. It's a town of about 50,000 people. My wife and I got engaged there in 2010 and it just, uh, the place means so much to us. That's the name of our, we named our oldest daughter that, Annecy. So my two girls are Annecy and Zoe. And we go back as often as we can. We'll be there for three weeks this June. It's a phenomenal city. There's the beautiful clear lake, Lake Annecy, all kind of water sports and things you can do. But then it's set on the, the French Alps as well. So there's mountains as well. So if you like beach, you like mountains, it's got everything. Plus it's not super, super touristy just love it. If it were if it were a little closer to all my friends and family, I might actually live there full time. So, David, those were great questions and I'm going to do my best to ask more of those questions to future guests on this show. I appreciate you doing that. I think we've spent a little enough time on the intro, so let's go ahead and get into our interview with Matt Santry and to to set that up, I want to tell you guys that this isn't necessarily like a normal a normal podcast guest, right? Normally I seek out people that are making like at least $5,000 a month from their course. You know, that's what they do full time. They've probably been doing it for two, three, four, even more years than that. Well, Matt's more on the beginner stages and Matt's been listening to this podcast. He's taken my course on courses. And this is actually the message I got from Matt on Facebook probably two or three months ago. He said, I just want to say thank you so much for offering your training for free. You've really helped pull it all together for me. At the end of 2018, I had launched a course that helps performing musicians make a great living. I did a JV webinar and had 400 register and about 150 showed up, but I only sold four courses at 247. So I knew I had something, but I also knew my conversion rate stunk. So I took digital marketers trainings and changed my marketing strategy to offer a three-part mini training. I spent $900 on Facebook ads and only generated about $800 in sales. So I got really discouraged and I just kind of dropped the whole idea of selling 
a course. So let me interject real quick here in Matt's message. You know, this is kind of the reason that I do the online course show and wanted to do this online course training, because if you heard some of the the stories I was just telling, like this wasn't easy for me. Like I struggled, I struggled for years, but I desperately wanted to make it work and I have made it work. And so that's, that's, that's what drives me is to help people who want to get into online courses but are struggling like I was, because I, I know that I appreciated the people that did help me along the way, and I want to be able to do that for people as well. So you can you can hear that, that Matt was, was struggling. He was about to give up. He said, then I found your podcast from an email from Jack Bourne of Deadline Funnel. I binge listened to about 30 episodes and found out about your training. I went through your course and revamped my whole funnel. Then I went live with Facebook ads again this week. I've done $1,200 in sales in the last three days, and I've only spent $117 on ads. Now I can see that this is a scalable business that can be my main source of income. I can't thank you enough. So that was a few months ago. So in this interview, we got to get the update from Matt Santry, and he's been making even more sales than that, right? This was a this was a fresh message after he had just had some success over the course of three days, but now it's been a couple of months. It's still going very, very strong for Matt. So there's the setup. Let's go ahead and play the full conversation with Matt Santry right now. Hey, Matt, welcome to the Online Course Show. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have a podcast listener and somebody that's taken my course on the show and somebody that has found pretty early on online course success like yourself. So let's talk about that success a little bit. Where did this online course journey start for you? And tell us about some of those wins you've been having lately. Okay. Started in 2018. I had the idea for the course. It's called the Well-Paid Musician Club. And it's just based on the way I'm able to find and book high paying gigs through the, in the private event space. So what that means is, you know, private events are typically like weddings, corporate parties, in-home events, you know, for celebrations, anything, you name it, they tend to pay a lot more money than your typical bar or club restaurant, et cetera. So through my journey of, figuring out that process, I thought this would be a good course. And 2018, I, I, I put it together and I, I launched it on a JV webinar. And at the time, I was doing digital marketing, but more specifically, I was doing Facebook ads for a company called Indie on the Move. And they're a membership website that consists of their, a database of music venues across the country. So anyway, I was handling their marketing and their, and their Facebook ads. And I, I thought, well, this, this would cater well to their audience. So I approached them about doing the webinar. So we did the webinar. We had like 400 people sign up. I was pretty stoked. Sign up for the webinar, not the course, right? Yeah, 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 no, no. yeah. yeah the webinar. I was like, yeah, yeah this is going to be great. And at the time I was charging 247 and then there was like a, a $97 upsell for like one-on-one coaching with that. So we wound up doing four sales from that webinar. Two of those bought the upsell. So I thought, okay, you know, there's something here, but this conversion rate is not good. Yeah, about 1% there, it sounds like. Yeah, so I'm like, I've got something, but it, it's not quite 
dialed in. So now, if you don't mind me jumping in here, what, how did you even know how to do a webinar? Like, did you use Expert Secrets, the Expert Secret script, or was it some other format you were going off of to try to sell via a webinar? Well, I mean, I've been in the digital marketing world since about 2014. So, you know, I've had clients. I think, you know, you and I have both taken a course from Sam Ovens at some point in our careers. And, and so I don't know specifically, I figured it would be a great idea to introduce what I had. And so I, I bought, or I didn't buy it, I did the trial of Webinar Jam. Of course, it, it crashed in the middle of the webinar and the whole thing. <laughs> we lost everybody, but... That may have contributed to the 1% conversion rate. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. But so yeah, so so how I uh, thought about doing a webinar, I'm not sure. I'm somewhere along the lines, all the information in my brain. <laughs> I'm not taking credit for the idea, but I don't know the source. Okay, got it. All right, so tell me, tell me what the the next sequence of events are after this webinar that you realize like it it, it was kind of a mixed feelings, right? You, you made some sales, which is great. At four is far far better than zero, but you had four hundred people on or four hundred people register it. So I'm sure you were expecting more than four. So what happened next? All right, so I went back to the drawing board. So that was right before Christmas, 2018. So 2019, I signed up for Digital Marketer. I signed up for like their whatever their elite packages like the $300 a month thing because they were they were doing a free trial so i was like okay gonna learn as much as i can because my conversion rate is not good enough to take to advertising so let me let me learn so i went through that and i came out with okay now i have a, a mini training a three-part mini training for my course and now i'm ready to you know, hit the ground running fire up the facebook ads and i did two more sales and I broke even on ads. So essentially I lost money because I'm still paying for my services like Kajabi and things like that. So I was really just like, I don't know where to go from here. So I, I, I that wasn't like the spring. And I figured, I, I guess, you know, I just don't know what to do. I'm going to put this down for right now because I'm spending entirely too much of my time and energy on this project and not seeing, you know, any income from it. Then it was the end of the summer, like around August 2019, I got an email from Jack Bourne, Deadline Funnel, about a podcast he was on, this podcast about online courses. I was like, oh, check this out. So that's how I found you. That summer, I, I was training for a, a race. So I was doing a lot of running. So it was like perfect for my runs to, to listen to podcasts. So I was binge listening to the online course guy. And I was like, there's so much stuff in here that makes sense. Let me check this out. And you were offering the course for, for free. Or maybe it was even like a seven-day trial at that point. But I got in for free and then it became just get expert secrets and, and you're in. So I, I got the audio version of expert secrets. Again, you know, doing a lot of running, listen to that like three times. And, and I had an epiphany. The mini training that I was doing was like giving away essentially my course. And so what was happening was I was getting a lot of great feedback that this is really helpful stuff. This is really valuable. Thank you so much. I'm just going to take this and run with it. And, you know, I don't need to buy anything from you. You, you know, you just told me what to do. And at that point, I, I just, I'm like, I'm going to follow this to the T. I'm going to follow Russell Brunson's script. I'm going to just do everything he says. And you have it, you know, in, in your course as well. And, and you show people how to do the same thing 
and what you did with piano in 21 days. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm a creative person. I'm a musician and an artist. I'm not going to get creative with this. I'm just going to do the thing. I'm just going to do what he says to do. And man, that changed everything. Awesome. Let's talk about that epiphany a little bit because you were saying that it was because you were, you were essentially giving them what was inside the course. And so they no longer needed the course. And uh, I've heard it described this way before. If you, if you, if they, if somebody has an itch and you give them what they need to scratch that itch, well, then they don't have that itch anymore, right? So when I first read dot-com secrets years ago, and that's that's before I even knew what ClickFunnels was, and that's before I had really made Piano in 21 Days super profitable, I was still trying out a bunch of things. You know, one thing that really appealed to me was the, the, the free book funnel, right? The free plus shipping book funnel. I was like, I could, you know, I could do this. I can turn my piano content into a book and, and do the free plus shipping with the upsells and everything. But for me, what happened is people would buy that book and, and their itch would be scratched because they came looking to learn how to play piano. They needed a step-by-step A to Z system to learn how to play piano. And that's what that book was. So they would get that for $7.99 and then they wouldn't need a $300 course necessarily when they already scratched that itch for $8. And so sounds like you had a, a similar realization and, w- and went back to the drawing board uh, from there. But that's why, you know, guys like Russell Brunson will tell you, you know, you don't want to do a lot of actual teaching inside your free material, inside your webinar, because you, you got to save that for the course. So it sounds like you had that realization and, and things started to turn around. Absolutely. The response was night and day. So I, pu- I put together this, I, I would call it like half webinar because what I'm doing is I'm selling over the phone. So it's the webinar script, but, but it just ends with book a call instead of the actual offer itself and the bonuses and et cetera, et cetera. So once I put that, I just, I'm like, let me just, just test it 20 bucks a day, Facebook. And it was incredible. I, I, I that, then I, I contacted, I was like, I was like, track, I just did $1,250 in sales in the last three days from, of course it was not profitable at all. And at the, <laughs> That campaign, I was booking calls for less than eight bucks a piece. So it was like amazing. So that was in October of, of 2019. And then, you know, two weeks of that, I'm like, this is awesome. This is awesome. Do more sales. Let me, let me double my ad spend. And I'm glad this happened when it did. I doubled my ad spend. Facebook rejected that new campaign, went back, retroactively rejected the original campaign that had been running and doing so well. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll have to talk to somebody. I'll fix this. The following day, I get a notification. You are banned from advertising from Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I was, I got completely shut down. And when I look back, I think, honestly, it was my first rejected ad. And I've been doing Facebook ads since end of 2016. So it was the first time I even got a rejected ad. So if I look back, I think my, my language is a little aggressive. I was talking about dollar amounts. I was, I was really kind of getting in, in your face about it. And Facebook didn't like that, but it, it was incredible. I mean, the, the results were awesome. So, so at this point I'm shut down, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I, I, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to like create another Facebook account. I don't know. So it, it, it took about a week, but I just kept submitting for review, review, review. And finally I got a human being that reviewed it and said, Oh, you know, our bad. You're, you're not banned. You just, this, we didn't like this ad. So I got reinstated and then I just really went back and made sure that, you know, I read all the 
the terms, the policies and then things and make sure that I was in line and, you know, made, made my, my ad copy much more benign. You know, I, I eventually got back. I got back. And so in February, first week of February, in the last 30 days, I've done 17 sales. I raised my course price to 497. And then there's also an option to do six payments of $97. So I'm incredibly happy with the way it's going right now. So let's talk about how you're selling, right? You mentioned that you're selling on the phone calls and, and you've mentioned my course, which is which is currently free. It won't be free forever, but the online course accelerator, people can find out more information about that at the online course guy.com. But one of the things I, I push people to do is not to, to not be afraid of, of trying to sell an online course via a phone call. That's something I did with Piano in 21 Days for over a year. I did over 500 of those calls and it was such an incredible experience for me, but I have I have a hard time actually convincing people to do it because people are drawn to online courses because of the passive income. Make, you know, make those sales while you sleep. Why did you decide to go with the phone calls? Because of the Sam Ovens training that I took years ago. And that was and I was like, wow, I was like I was like, I never thought to put it together like that. Like because on the phone, you know, we were trained to sell like these six thousand dollar packages to, you know, companies. I was like, I didn't think about selling it just like a 297 product over the phone. Why not? I mean, well, you know, it, yeah, it's more of a time investment, but I, I was very confident that my conversion rate was going to be higher than doing it automated. So I was like, just, let me just give it a shot. And so when you had that funnel in your course, I thought that, wow, that's a, that's a great idea. I never really thought to do it that way. For a smaller package, you know, smaller price tag, rather. Yeah, it's it's great. It's not a great long term strategy, and I, I'd imagine that you don't want to do the phone calls forever. But you know, I got to a point where I was doing three, four, five of those phone calls every day, and I was I was closing most of them, and I was making a good living and everything. But then my second daughter was born, so I couldn't like I turned it off, and I was like, I'll, I'll turn it back on once she, you know, a few weeks after she's born. But I never turned it back on after my second daughter was born. But but at this point, my time is far better spent elsewhere. But I, I wouldn't trade that experience of the phone calls for anything. And so that's that's great that it's working for you now, but do you have a plan to kind of transition out of the phone calls and, and do it a little more automated? Absolutely. I would like to be by April or May to doing an evergreen webinar. So my plan is to do a few more live webinars. I did a live webinar in December of 2019. But again, the sales were, were mediocre. And I don't know if now at this point, Maybe it's the audiences. I, I did it with an audience that is centered around musicians and cover bands. And the only thing that they've been pitched was like a $7 ebook. So I'm coming at them with a, a $500 course. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I've just thought maybe it's the audience, maybe, or maybe I'm just not good on webinars yet. So I, I need to do some more live webinars first to really figure out what works and what doesn't. And so that's the next step. I'm going to start doing some live webinars or more live webinars. You know, I'd like to transition to the Evergreen webinar. Next, I want to ask you just kind of uh, more general, like about your why. Like you, you, you got this idea back in 2018 for an online course, but like why? What, what, what did you envision an online course would do for you in your life? Well, I think everybody, you know, fantasizes about that passive income thing. For me, I, it's, not, not it's another revenue stream, but something that like I feel like I'm part of a community, you know. Because when the people that join, you know, we have 
private Facebook group and even the phone calls. I, I really enjoy connecting with other artists, musicians. So my why for that is obviously another stream of revenue, but I like the community aspect. And as a solo musician, like I do most of my gigs, just me and my guitar. That gets lonely. I, I work from home doing digital marketing stuff. That gets lonely. You know, I, I, I like connecting with, with people. So, so my why would be community and another source of revenue. At this point, I'm, I'm guessing that you're, you're not making enough from your course to call that like your main source of income or anything, but it doesn't sound like you have a full-time job either. Are you, are you making most of your, your income for you as a, as a musician? Yes, but this is the first, well, one, one of a few months in my career that my other revenue has exceeded my income from music. So it's, uh, it's exciting. Oh, very cool. All right, let's talk about tools next. What what tools are you using for your online course business? I host it in Kajabi. I use ClickFunnels for my, I guess, the landing page and to host the, the video presentation. I use Unbounce for a couple other clients, but I wound up using that for a sales page. And... What else do I use? Oh, Deadline Funnel. I use Deadline Funnel. That's that's a good point. Deadline Funnel. When I first started selling over the phone, I was, you know, doing the more aggressive thing. Like, okay, would you like to do PayPal or credit card? What's your credit card number? And I realized, like, if I'm going to automate that, I gotta let, you know, technology maybe do do the work there. And so Evergreen or Deadline Funnel is a great way. To, now I just say, hey, look, I'm gonna send you this link. You know, the course is $1,000, okay? But I'm going to send you this link right now because we had a conversation. I feel like you'd be a great fit for this. Once you open this link, you've got 24 hours to take advantage of the discount. You can now get the course for 497 So, you know, if you want to sleep on it, that's cool. But here it is. Just know that after 24 hours, it's going to go to the regular price. And I, I've, that's how I'm closing people now. So it's not like high pressure. And if they're into it, they're, they're going to buy. And if they don't buy in 24 hours, I know I'll never see them again. So <laughs> that's a really interesting approach, Matt. I've, I haven't heard of that. So you're you're never you're not taking information over the phone anymore. Nope, I was initially, but now, yeah, I'm letting Deadline Funnel do the heavy lifting for me. And it, it's converting just as well, as far as you know. It's still I'm like 40 percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, approximately 40 percent. Which from from cold traffic, that's that's pretty awesome. All right, so why why aren't you hosting your course in ClickFunnels? What is it about Kajabi that you like to keep your course over there? I like that you can see each student's progress. Like you can see if they've completed the course, what modules they've done. It's a big thing for me because I've only had two refund requests of like, you know, 40 some sales. But I, you know, I just want to know like did you even look at the course, you know? You can't do that, to my knowledge, in ClickFunnels. But also, as a user, I've, I've taken a course in ClickFunnels, and it's not a great experience. So I'd rather just spend the extra $107 a month that pay for Kajabi to have it be a better experience for the user. Yeah, I think I, I would agree that Kajabi is an overall better experience. It's just a matter of whether you're, pay, you're willing to pay for yet another service or not. Now, ClickFunnels does have a little bit of, of student tracking capability now. They didn't used to, and they're, they're improving some things, but student tracking is definitely better in Kajabi. So if that's important to you, I definitely understand. Now, but you're using ClickFunnels for, for essentially your, your funnel, it sounds like. So did you, just import my, did you just import my phone funnel from inside the course? Yes, which was awesome. 
and I really know, I know that I need some aesthetic work, you know, I need a logo, I need things, but I, you know, I just wanted to test it and it's been, it's been working. So now that I've got some revenue coming in, I, I can reinvest that back into, into things. So, so yeah. I like to have, I like to diversify my traffic sources. I mean, look at, look at your situation last year when you got your ad account removed. It sounds like Facebook ads are pretty much your only traffic source at the moment. I'd imagine you have a plan to kind of add some traffic sources. Well, what's, what's next for you in terms of trying to generate some additional traffic streams? So other audiences, partners, you know, I did partner like a JV webinar in December that only garnered three sales. I'm reaching out to more people. So that's, that's one thing, partnering up with other audiences. Organic traffic is something that I've never really been good at. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on that now. I just, I just produced a, a really high quality tutorial. It's 14 minute tutorial pro video for performing musicians on any budget. So we released that this week on YouTube. So, you know, I'm working on the YouTube channel. I need to be releasing more content. I actually have a guy that took the course, one of the first members that has offered services to, to do some content marketing for me, create, you know, blogs and things like that. So that's exciting. So yeah, I, I really need to be working on my organic strategy because like you said, you know, Facebook could shut me down for any given reason at any given time. All right, Matt. Now next let's go here. Let's think about let's think back to when you were kind of about to give up on your online course and you had you had made it. You really saw the potential there, but you just weren't really getting in result, any results and you were pretty disappointed. What advice would you have for somebody listening to that that's maybe in a, in a similar position to where you were at that point when you were close to giving up? Read Expert Secrets <laughs> three times. <laughs> I guess there's something intuitive about it because I hear this advice all the time, like, and it's really smart. You know, it's you know, survey an audience, build an audience, survey them, let them tell you what you should create, right? I didn't do that. I, I scratched my own itch. I figured out something that was extremely painful for me. I was, I was playing a lot of low paying gigs. I was constantly playing, you know, it was five nights a week. I was getting really burnt out and I was starting to hate what I did. And I figured out a way to not have to do that. If play less, make more money at the end of the year. And I just figured there's gotta be other people that have gone or going through this currently. So my advice, I don't know, it's just like an intuitive thing. If you really believe you have something, you know, don't keep banging your head against the wall. Uh, just keep learning. Keep maybe, maybe that next book you pick up or that next podcast you listen to, or that next thing could be just give you that like epiphany and, and that could turn the whole thing around because that's what happened for me. So it just takes, it just takes one thing. Matt, thanks so much for coming on and sharing a little bit about your story. Hopefully, we'll have you on in the future and, and you will have you know, 10, 20, 30x even, even further from, from here. So thanks so much, man. To, to wrap this up, let us know if there's anything else you want to share and where people can find your stuff online. Awesome. Yeah. You can find the course, wellpaidmusician.com. And then you can find me, a singer-songwriter brand at mattsantry.com, M-A-T-T-S-A-N-T-R-Y.com. Thanks, Matt. All right, that's a wrap on the conversation with Matt Santry. David, welcome back. Thank you. All right, man. So Matt has, like I said, he's been listening to the podcast. He took the course. And, and I'm not the only person he's been learning from, clearly, from the conversation. 
but he's he's doing really well. He's got you know there, there's plenty more more success in in front of him, and there's more work he's got to do. But he's doing really well. What did you think of that conversation? Oh man, I loved it. It was just really cool on multiple levels. I mean, it was a roller coaster ride for him. That part where he had the Facebook ads going, and he was just like, "All right, I'm on the rocket, like headed headed to the moon," and then like Facebook completely pulled the rug out from him and like banned him. I was like, that was crazy. That's why you can't, you cannot rely on one traffic source. No. You can't, because that can happen anywhere. I mean, you can get your, you can get your YouTube channel shut down. It doesn't have to be just paid ads that can get shut down immediately. And so, I like for people to start with one traffic source, but once you really get that traffic source dialed in, let's move on to another and diversify. Well, yeah, and the Udemy. I mean, we have a lot of listeners, I think, that are really going strong on Udemy, but. I mean, I think you and I would say, and I, I see some of the feedback in some of the other Facebook groups, and it's like, you know, trying to have your own thing going at some level or another makes sense for that group as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, I will tell you, like, I, I would say my biggest takeaway here is is really how simple Matt has kept everything in terms of the level of success that he's reached so far. I mean, you look at his funnel, it's it's so simple, right? It, I mean, it's basically the the basic phone funnel that I recommend to people if they want to go that route. And and he took my advice and implemented it. He even used my you know exact ClickFunnels templates. And it's like you know landing page and then value video and then book a call. And that's you know three pages basically. And and he's obviously found success there. And then to actually take my advice to to do the phone calls. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of him, I want to say, because a lot of people are scared of that. And and even though that's in my course as, as one path you could take, very few people, as you can imagine, actually do that. But Matt's done that. I know you've done that as well. It's mm-hmm. a valuable experience. Definitely. Yeah. In the midst of the interview, you said that he might or he should be trying to stop doing the phone calls as soon as possible. I was thinking that because he is his offering helps make people money, I mean, the other way to go with it is just get the social proof and actually raise his price and just continue to do, to do the phone calls. One thing, we did that episode on the love languages, and I'm still just like so impressed with the one guy that sent people a bottle of Dom Perignon if they like got their first client. And I was thinking that Matt Santry's offering, if he said, if you book, if you book one of these parties that you make over $1,000, let me know. And then he sends them like a $100 bottle of whiskey. I mean, and then at that point, at the point that he has 10 people like showing their bottles of whiskey, like (laughs) maybe his course is up at $1,000 or $1,500 or $2,000. Yeah. So I think, I think the key is either he needs to switch to not selling on the phone or raise his prices. Cause yes, selling on the phone works better for higher ticket items because it makes your time, it it makes it worth it doing the actual phone calls. But yeah, I love that idea of, of actually incentivizing people to succeed with his method and then rewarding them for that. And I, I want to be doing more and more things like that for sure. But that's, you know, hopefully Matt's listening to this follow up because I think that's great advice. What I wanted to ask you one quick question, like when did you, you talked about the book funnel, but where in your path did you do that actual book funnel? Oh yeah, the free plus shipping funnel? Yes. Yeah, so that was, that was, before before things worked out, that was in 2016. I read Dot Com Secrets 
early in 2016. And you know, the thing about dot-com secrets, and, you know, many people listening to this know how big of a fan I am about of Expert Secrets, the book by Russell Brunson, because Expert Secrets is completely focused on how to make online courses work. Dot-com secrets is way more broad in general in that it, it, it you can get something for any business out of that book. And he goes over like, here's all the different kinds of funnels you could possibly make for all the different kinds of businesses. And one of the types of funnels that he suggested was free plus shipping funnel where you where you sell a book for free and you just charge shipping, you ship it out. And so that appealed to me as I was reading dot-com secrets is like, I was just, I was desperately looking for a way to make piano in 21 days work and scale and stuff. And so that's, that's what I tried. I was like, I've got this 21 day concept. Let me make a 21 day physical book and, and start shipping it out. But very quickly realized that wasn't a great business model because I was selling these things for $8, basically breaking even on, on that. And then people were buying my course because they felt like they'd gotten what they needed out of the free book. Gotcha. So after you quit your job, but before that November story correct? Uh, yep, exactly. Gotcha. That's the time frame. The other thing, let's see here. There was a part where he said that he had to override his creative artist side and just follow the formula. And that one I was cracking up because that's totally my personality is to try to reinvent the wheel and just like, oh man, I think I could do this better. And I think that can be detrimental. I think just seeing what other people are doing and that's working, figuring out that formula and just follow the formula. Yeah, there's a time and a place to do that, but there's definitely a time and a place not to do that. And so, yeah, that was a good takeaway from Matt as well. I'm glad he said that. Anything else, David, that you got out of this episode? I think that I might be a good candidate to copy his 24-hour link with the deadline funnel. Yeah. And then the other thing, I was just cracking up. He doesn't have a logo yet. And so, you know, sometimes early in the process, we get so locked in on these things and it's like, you know... Ultimately, it probably doesn't matter as much as we think it. I will just say that like doing a logo contest through your recommended service is like one of the most fun things that I did in the entire process. So between my wife and I, we've done like three of these logo contests. (laughs) The 48 hours logo is what you recommend. And it's so fun. Like I'll wake up at like five in the morning and be like, who submitted a logo? Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah, 48 hours logo. We'll, We'll link to that in the in the show notes. But yeah, he doesn't even have a logo yet, yet he's found a pretty good level of success so far. And yeah, if you're doing phone calls, that that was a pretty cool strategy that he shared that I hadn't really thought of before because all the phone calls I ever did selling piano in 21 days back in the day was I would just take their credit card information over the phone, but I could definitely see the simplicity of emailing it out but having that, you know, having it expire, literally expire using deadline funnel. So, that's that's going to do it. Uh, for this episode. Thanks for joining me here today, David, for this episode. And for all of you listening out there, thank you for joining us as well. You can find all those show notes and links from today's episode by going to the onlinecourseguy.com slash 121. And don't forget to check out the free online course accelerator. That's my course on how to succeed with courses. That's the course that Matt went through. It's free. Check it out at the onlinecourseguy.com and click on online course accelerator at the top. And if this is your first time, make sure to jump back and listen to our online courses 101 episode back in episode 89. Thanks again. We'll be back next week. Oh,